Are You Data Smart? A weekly podcast on data security, information management, and all things related to the data you have, how to protect it, and how to maximize its value. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Christian Ward. And today we're going to discuss data security and the case for it. Uh, we're going to do this in a couple different ways, but one of our big important things here is to understand that in the, when it comes to data security, what you don't know can and probably will hurt you, as many companies have found out over the years. And when we talk about data security and the, the big question of how do companies set it up, how do they manage it, how do they control the risks for it, uh, typically when you meet with a lot of people in this space uh, from a business perspective, they always look at data security broken down into a couple different areas. One is technology uh, and the other is policy. Uh, and and as, as Jay and I will kind of dive in on, there's, there's a lot of pros and cons to both. Um, and I, I don't know, Jay, do you have the new iPhone X? I don't. I'm uh, I'm a Luddite. I only have the eight. <laughs> okay, so the new iPhone X people have seen has this new Face ID, uh, and it's fascinating. There's been a few people who have hacked it with their close-looking relative or child, um, but it is amazing how much the technology is advancing around passwords, password managers, or even across an enterprise. Companies like Okta, uh, that's O K T A, that that allows. Uh, a corporate IT department to control all of the passwords to all of the applications that an enterprise runs um, globally. Uh, these these platforms are getting really, really strong. And when you merge that with things like iPhone uh, X's Face ID or biometrics, we've had fingerprint scans on the iPhones and the and the Google phones for several years and the Samsung phones. You know that ties in then with uh, policy. Now policy um, and its approach has been uh, seen to sort of change quite a bit, usually to take advantage of some of these new technological uh, opportunities. Um, but policy tends to go around user access, the limitations of how long passwords are valid, those automatic and somewhat annoying <laughs> policy uh, requests to change your password every few months. Um, and, and each of those um, sort of drives whether or not you're a data maximization shop or a data minimization shop. Jay, is that, is that, is that a good framework you also see, sort of that policy and technology side of things? Yeah, I, I think in the end, for me, those two pieces combine, and y- you need to have the execution as the as the the primary third component. It's great to have the technology. It's great to have good policies, but if you don't have the follow through, uh, that's where you run into trouble. And that's where you know Uber, for instance, last year they had their twenty year consent order with the FTC because they had a great sounding privacy policy about the security of their customer information. Um, they just didn't follow it. Um, I guess it's easy to have a good policy. It's a little bit more difficult to follow it. Um, and so if you don't execute, if you don't follow through, that's where you run into all the problems. That's when your data security protocols get lazy, and that's when regulators start looking at you. Absolutely. Well, and I think you know if you can get some way to have policy and technology support each other, uh, it, it's meant to make execution easier. But it's a great point that execution is really where those two things meet, and it either works or it doesn't. Um, and, and something that uh, we've seen also is with all the breaches and everything out there, there's a lot of great um, platforms and tools that can help you and your customers do better at their password management. One of my favorites is this Have I Been Pwned that was built by Troy Hunt, um, which is a, a, a platform 
that analyzes based on your email address all of the potential breaches you might have been a part of that you don't even know about. I mean, there's so many uh, classic data breaches that have occurred over the years of you know hundreds of millions of accounts uh, that a lot of people just have no idea that they actually were uh, compromised and that same password that they're setting up on a new platform has already been compromised somewhere else. Um, he's actually released a new API where you can build into your own password setup a way to notify people that are gonna sign up, let's say, for your newsletter. Oh, by the way, just so you know, You've actually been pwned. Your password is now owned by someone in a breach. You might want to. You might want to not use that here. For those of, for those of you who may not be from the internet, uh, pwn is is a way that to, that people use the word own. Uh, pwnage in internet speak means that you've been hacked or something terrible's happened to you, uh, or you've been beaten by an eleven year old at an online video game. I, I'm just talking about a friend. It's not personal experience. <laughs> so I, now now knowing that and knowing that there's a lot of tools um, to help us avoid such situations or monikers. Um, a couple questions that sort of start to come out is, you know, when we talk about the business case for data security, I, I wanted to talk a little bit through what do you see, Jay, as some of the, the big reasons? I, I know it sounds obvious, but it's always helpful to lay out. What are the big reasons that people need to um, enforce a great data security approach? Well, I think you can say you're going to lose your revenues because you're going to scare off customers, you're going to lose your assets because they're going to be stolen, you're going to lose your reputation. You could say all of those things, but I think the best way to, to frame this and think about it is, imagine every heist movie you've ever seen. Okay, There's people dropping in from ceilings and there's people who are you know putting on disguises, going through all of these intricate steps and the goal is to steal, you know, some bars of gold or, uh, you know, bags full of cash. If you put in place some of the data security protocols that companies that have been hacked had and try to translate it to a movie, there wouldn't be a movie. Someone would walk in, pick up the bar of gold and walk out with it. <laughs> so you have to, you have to have contextualize it this way. The data that you have is your brand. It's your value. It's what makes you the company you are. And it's what makes you as valuable as you are. So the business case is it's self-explanatory and it's self-executing. If you don't protect what you have, it's going to be taken. I mean, it is just that is the way of the world. It's the way it has always worked. So thinking about why do I need to spend the money on data security, a lot of times companies are like, well, you know, it's an IT issue. I'm not really interested in it. It's not an IT issue. You don't worry or fret about putting locks on your doors. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's it's the, the safe and the vault. It's the lock on the door. And if you don't want the money flying out the door, Heist or not, you need to t think about data security as a component of your business plan, not just an IT plan. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I I think it's. I think it's certainly come a long way, though. You know, in in prior years, uh, it was more of an afterthought. It was sort of the problem of the CIO or the CTO. Um, and with the COO maybe watching them, um, but with the admin, you know, sort of uh, the new arrival of things like the CDO or the DPO, um, you know, this is becoming much more important. You also talked about something about, you know, loss of revenue, reputation, but something that we've seen um, in the business world is, you know, the competitiveness. Um, you know, when, when you receive an RFP from a major, you know, healthcare organization or a major financial institution, um, these RFPs, the data security audit and 
and the security protocols audits uh, that they provide in their requests for proposals are unbelievable. They're getting longer every year. You know, it's, it's sort of this whole back section of an RFP um, that if you can't answer those questions really well, you're pretty much not going to be competitive with everybody else in the space. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine it in the same sense of if you're going to do an acquisition um, and the lawyers send you, because we love to do this, the giant questionnaire, fill, you know, fill in the blanks and tell us everything you've ever done. And your answers about your accounting system is, you know, you've got a guy who's written some things down somewhere. You're not going to win the contract. Um, and, and I think companies have rightly, as you say, Christian, kind of adapted to the reality of the need for robust data security. Um, and I think that kind of leads into the other component of, you know, why do we need data security? And that's the regulatory case. Um, forget about getting sued. Everybody always thinks about getting sued by someone who was, you know, they you, you breached your contract or there was a hack. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. But the regulatory case is one that you might not be thinking about. If you're not taking steps now to be at least not the low-hanging fruit when it comes to data security, like you have good passwords, for instance. You're just inviting a 20-year consent order with the FTC like Uber did. You know, you are inviting a suit by a data protection authority in Europe and, you know, looking at the millions of euros in fines. So it's spend some now or spend a whole lot later. Um, and one thing I always remind people, you know, I remind clients about this, if there's a regulatory action, a lawsuit, that's like a that's a prefabricated lawsuit by customers or competitors. All they'll do is they'll get the information that the regulator got during their review and they're just going to copy and paste it and boom, there's a complaint against you. So you need to think not just about, you know, the business case, but think about what your regulators are going to look at and they are all looking at data security now. Now, when, when something like that occurs uh, and someone just posts it, they're also just making an attack right there on your reputation as a business. So uh, to, to sort of uh, bring that point back to the first risk, you, you're really risking that reputation and it's very hard to make up, um, which I, I think we also, uh, for them, as we start to get into covering data partnership strategies uh, in, in later podcasts, we'll talk a lot about how when you're sharing data back and forth between partnerships um, that you not only have to worry about your own security, but the security of those partners that you work with. Jay, another question is just, you know, what are the steps people need to take? Because I think everyone uh, gets it very clearly. I've got to have some of the technology solutions. I've got to have great policies. I've got to execute them, ensure that that I'm um, complying with them at all times. Um, but what's what's what would you say? You know, they really need to do in terms of preparing and getting things going. I think it's three things. You need to pay attention. You need to have the right personnel, and you need good advice. You know, you, you need to be thinking about these issues and incorporating them into the way that you operate your business. You need to find people who know what they're doing and you need to find people who know what they're talking about. You know, that's the advice piece. You know, the internet, when it comes to advice, is like a reverse iceberg. You can, you know, there's 90% of the information out there is going to be useless to you. But there are good pieces of advice that you can find. And in this sphere, that's, you know, that's for us, for, you know, for you and me, that's led us to the IAPP, the International Association of Privacy yeah, Professionals. Absolutely. You know, you get the, the, it's the only ISO certified 
um, privacy organization in the world and you get these certifications that say look this is someone who really does understand uh, European data law or you know, American data security law um, and and for us I think it's it's been a very valuable uh, process um, and it's a, and it's a great organization and, and I always encourage my clients to, to reach out to the to the pros um, and that's how they do it but attention personnel and advice that's what you need to keep in mind when you're trying to carry through and as i said before execute on using your technology to follow through on your policy absolutely well that's that's the case for data security um, in this episode of are you data smart thank you everyone for listening thanks very much